0: Welcome to First Words, a podcast presented by the First United Methodist Church of Florence. Today's message is brought to you by Senior Pastor Rev. Dale Cohen. Over the last two weeks, we've discussed how sometimes we need a spiritual reset. We may be going through the motions of our faith... And even though we might be headed in the right direction, it may still feel as if something's missing. Or we could be on the wrong track altogether, needing to redirect our attention to Jesus in order to move back along the path that we should be walking. In the first week of the series, we talked about navigating the rough starts of a reset. We examined the barriers that prevent us from following Jesus and then actually looked at some ways that could help us move beyond those barriers. Last week, we explored persevering through the messy middle. That's the place where we're tempted to give up. I shared the importance of spending time alone with God. I hope some of you attempted the daily 90-second focus on God's love for you. Uh, I've asked you to do it for 60 days and If you've been able to do that, I'd love to hear how it's going for you. Well, today we're focusing on sticking the landing of a reset, imagining the lives we expect once the reset is complete. Mark Twain talked about the dangers of just living life in any old way when he wrote this shortly before his own death. A myriad of men are born. They labor and sweat and struggle They squabble and scold and fight. They scramble for little mean advantages over each other. Age creeps upon them. Infirmities follow. Those they love are taken from them, and the joy of life is turned to aching grief. The release comes at last, the only unpoisoned gift earth ever had for them, and they vanish from a world where they were of no consequence, a world which will lament them a day and forget them forever. Oh, what a depressing characterization of human life. But Twain is correct that many people pursue success at any cost, only to find their accomplishments are pointless at the end of their lives. So, if we're going to reset our lives, then I think we need to be very clear about what is the outcome that we want to achieve through a reset. And I would like to suggest that one thing that we should all aim for is significance, not success. Jesus put it another way in the gospel reading for today. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus is clear that before we pursue anything else, we have to pursue the values and principles that are consistent with living in the kingdom of God. When we focus on achieving material success alone, we're setting ourselves up for massive disappointment because we were created to live in a world where our love for God and our love for one another drives every decision that we make. We can be successful in the world's eyes and be living outside God's will. But if we strive for significance, then we'll achieve the right kind of success. So to reset our lives for significance, let's look at some things that we're going to need along the way. First, we must secure the right orientation. Now, I have a map of Alabama here, and this map works great as long as I'm in the state of Alabama. But if I head to Georgia, and I'm in the middle of Georgia, then this means nothing to me. When we've lost our way, we've got to be sure that we're operating from a map that can really help us. We've got to have the right map. Too many of us struggle because we rely on a map of our own making, and dare I say that maybe some of us men just don't even look at a map. Our lives are never more conflicted than when we're fighting against God's will. Therefore we must be sure that our hopes, our goals, and our dreams are aligned with the principles of the kingdom of God that will lead us in the direction that God would have us go. God's map will lead us to the place of greatest significance. In Ephesians, we read, be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And this is the map we need, God's will for our lives. Paul reminds us, To be certain that whatever dream we pursue, it needs to be God's dream for our lives. Instead of striving for what the world tells us should be our goal, let's shoot for the life that God designed us to live. And it will make all of the difference in your life, but it will also make a difference in the lives of all those that you interact with. Secondly, we need to operate from the right values. Popularity seems to be the currency of our present-day culture. Now, it's not wrong to want other people to think highly of us. However, if we're relying on power, wealth, or beauty to impress, we're setting ourselves up for failure because there will always be somebody more beautiful, more influential, and wealthier than we. So, what's the alternative? In our scripture for today, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So if your life is less than what you want it to be, I think it's helpful to take stock of what values really drive your behavior. And if you want to get in touch with what your values are, here's a way to do it. Make a list of the things that you worry about. Because whatever you worry about, is what's important to you. And then after you've put that list together of of your worries, then begin to divide the list up and say, okay, which of these represent values, that there are values behind these worries that are honorable and good values? And what are the worries that I have that represent values that may not be as honorable? And then focus on the ones that are honorable and trust that God is at work in your life amidst even those worries. Self-awareness is critical because it gives us power over our choices. So, focus on the values that provide meaning and purpose in your life. But also, we need to be willing to embrace failure as a learning opportunity. No matter how hard we try, we will never be able to perfectly fulfill God's will for our lives. Sometimes it's because we misinterpret what God asked us to do, and then we have to deal with the fallout of that. We can either learn from our failures or face the same failures over and over again. I love the saying, insanity is doing things the way you've always done them, And expecting things to turn out differently. The way our lives turn out often is because of the systems that we put in place that produce those results. And if we don't like the results, we have to change the systems. If something isn't working, it's time to quit. It's time to find something else. But there's a caution here too. Jesus says, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's a little bit guilt-inducing if somebody says, don't worry, because we all worry. Maybe you don't, but most of the people that I do, that I know, do worry. And so it's a little bit guilt-inducing when we keep hearing, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I think a better way even to look here at what Jesus is saying is don't give up. He's saying, don't worry about tomorrow today because guess what? Tomorrow's going to have worries of its own too. So just keep plugging along today. Just keep doing the next right thing today, and then tomorrow you'll have another opportunity just to do the next right thing. So, God will step in and help us, but God will never do for us what we can do for ourselves. And so, we must put forth the effort recognizing that we're going to fail. So, when we experience failure and we need to try a different approach, I do think that there's a very important step that we need to take. We need to listen to God's direction. The psalmist expressed it well in Psalm 37 when he said, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath, do not fret, it leads only to evil. Don't allow ourselves to be so consumed by the, wor- the worry that we fail to act. And don't worry about what other people are doing. You just do the next right thing. Well, once we have the right orientation and values and we're open to learning from our failures, then we can begin to move toward that life of significance. Jesus is the model of that life of which I speak. Jesus brought love, hope, and peace into every interaction that He had with people. His life advanced the kingdom of God. So, I like to define a life of significance this way. It is a life that advances the principles and values of the kingdom of God. Our job as Christians is to usher in the kingdom of God where God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray that every time we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our job in ushering in the kingdom of God is to bring heaven to earth. So, how do we do that? The first point is obvious, we need to seek God's will first. We can't pursue God's will if we're so preoccupied with being successful in this world because popularity and power and possessions, they mean nothing to us in the kingdom of God if our hearts are not in the right place. Those pursuits may help us feel more in control, but our lives will always be less than what they could be if we were living more according to the principles of the kingdom of God. I paraphrase Matthew six thirty three this way. Pursue God first, trusting that God will help you order your life in a way that satisfies and fulfills your soul. How many times have you pursued the things of the world only 24 hours later to be as empty as you were before? We need something that satisfies perennially. We need something that satisfies wholly and fully. Since God made us, God knows best how our lives need to operate, and that's why we need to seek Him and His will for our lives but I think it's also important, and this is building on the point from last week, I think we need to connect with the God who loves us. I say it all the time, God loves you. And I can't say it enough because the message that this world has for us is we're not good enough. We're not good enough for the world, so therefore we're surely not good enough for God. But the reality is we don't have to convince God to love us. That's God's default position. He wants to love us, and He wants to be in a relationship with us. And we can connect with this God because God has removed any barrier that exists between Him and us. The only thing that can keep us from God is our unwillingness to receive Him. Whenever we approach God, God will not reject us. God will always receive us. And that is so important for us to internalize. God has removed all the barriers between Him and us, and we see evidence of this in the book of Romans, where it says, what then are we to say about these things, about everything that's going on around us? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold His own Son, but gave Him up for all of us, how will He not with Him, with Jesus, His Son, also give us everything else? For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Nothing can separate us. No thing can separate us. And that's God's doing because God wants us to connect with Him. Thirdly, we must trust God and God's design for His kingdom. In the Scripture, Jesus said that God knows our needs before we ask and that He is faithful to meet those needs. Now, the problem is that what we think are needs may not be the needs that we actually have, but God understands the real needs of our lives, and God is always there with God's providential care to minister to those real needs. The Scripture says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles, it's the unbelievers who seek all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I know faithful people starve to death. I know faithful people end up homeless. I know faithful people lose their jobs. I know faithful people get sick and die. I can't fully explain why that happens. But no matter what happens, we must continue to trust that God's love for us is always at work preserving what is ultimately best for us. Therefore, as we seek to reset our lives, we need to think about what it means to live that life of significance, that life based upon the principles and values of the kingdom of God. For you see, God's vision is that heaven will come to earth, that Living as citizens in God's kingdom compels us to treat every other living human being as a member of God's family. Taking responsibility just as Jesus did to meet people's needs when they are in crisis. Because here's the thing. If we do the things that Jesus did, then people will be fed who are hungry People who need shelter will be sheltered. People who need an education will be educated. Whatever people need, they will get. This, the kingdom of God is a progression where we are able to more fully bring heaven to earth. And I believe that if we live these significant lives living out the principles and the values of the kingdom of God... That at some point down out in the future, that there will be no sickness, that there will be no death. Now, it may be a million million years from now, but you see, we tend to think that everything is supposed to happen right now, but the kingdom of God is the long game, and the goal is for heaven to come to earth where there are no tears, where there's no pain where there's no shame. But we have to work toward that today. And I I can't heal people. I know that. I pray for healing all the time, and I can't heal people. But the more we live in communion with God, and the closer we get to God, and the more we live out the values of the kingdom of God, is it not possible that someday heaven will be here on earth? But if we just throw up our hands and say, I can't, or worse, I won't, we play a part in bringing about the kingdom of God. Last thing is, we need to live our lives for an audience of one. If we're living out the values of the kingdom of God and the principles of the kingdom of God, people aren't going to be happy about it. They're going to look at us and they're going to go, why are you doing that? Why are you helping people that don't deserve help? You know, you're just enabling in this situation. People are going to judge. But don't fall into the trap of trying to please people. Live your life for an audience of one, and that's God. People will ridicule you. They'll question you and your motives. But when it comes to resetting our lives, only God's opinion matters. If we want a meaningful life that is a life that's, that's beyond successful, then we've got to seek a life of righteousness. And this is Jesus' description of it. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life, they'll lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? If you're in the middle of a reset, be clear about the outcome that you want. Aim for significance, not success. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, and amen. Thank you for listening to First Words. For more information about our services or how to get involved in our community, visit us at fumcflorence.org or facebook.com slash florencefumc.